Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, Holy Mother Church around the world celebrates the Feast of the Epiphany. Now there's something mystical about this story that has captured the attention of artists throughout the centuries. What I want to do is I want to focus on the juxtaposition of Herod's vision of life and seeing the world and the Magi's vision of life. They're very different from each other. There are two stories here in this epiphany. The first story is of Herod's, representing the things of this life. Politics, power, greed, ambition, things we all see in this world on a regular basis. And then there's a second story, a deeper story, spiritually speaking, that of the Magi. And I think Matthew, in a masterful way, intentionally writes this epiphany for us to see these two different stories. And so, who are the Magi? Well, we know they are from the East, and we know that they are stargazers, astrologers. Who is Herod? Well, we would refer to him as the consummate political survivor. Through threats, murder, and corruption, he has found his way up to the top of the political ladder. If Herod was living in our day and age, I'm sure he would be on a lot of talk shows and followed by reporters and newspapers who were very interested in his political career. Herod's eyes are clearly fixed on power, and all of his supporters would be watching all of his plans and projects. See, that's where the action is. That's where the popularity is. In this story, Matthew shows us that Herod is really a weak and pathetic egomaniac. While Herod is trying to desperately maintain his power, there are these figures from the East, the Magi, who are indifferent to politics and games of power and domination. They are intensely surveying the night sky. Now, most people would say, oh, they're crazy people. They should be watching the political power brokers of the time, Caesar Augustus and Herod. Instead, the Magi care less about those things. They're surveying the night sky for God, which is why they managed to see the star first at its rising, designating the arrival of the new king. And the new king, not just of Israel, but for the whole world, which is why the star is in the very middle of the sky for all nations to see, not just one. But more importantly, the star is an indication of heaven and earth come under proper alignment. What does sin do? It throws everything off kilter. It threw off kilter the alignment of heaven and earth before the fall of grace. Well, the Magi, through prayerful attention, were concentrated on the right story, God being born. What follows next in the story? Well, they had to go and see the child. 
despite the danger of travel. Now, during Jesus' time, it was a common practice, before you set out on a long journey, to make out your will. Travel was that bad. Now, there were no marked roads like we have in our day and age. They were paths at best. So you could get lost rather easily. There was no GPS, no AAA maps. You were exposed to the elements, to the wind, the cold, the snow, the rain. You were also exposed to wild animals, murderers, marauders, kidnappers. And yet, despite all this danger, the Magi still set out immediately to see the child. Now, do they go seeking political power? Absolutely not. Are they seeking an increase in their personal wealth? Absolutely not. They go seeking communion with God. They're seeking to align themselves to this alignment of heaven and earth. See, that's the key. That alignment for us with heaven and earth, that's what matters most in our life. See, we have to realize we all have a deep and abiding hunger to align ourselves to God. I think St. Augustine puts it best when he says, Lord, you have made us for yourself. Therefore, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, my God. St. Augustine saw this alignment, and he saw that's what really matters in our life. Now, over Christmas, I'm sure many of us had the opportunity to gather with family and friends, and we realize just how blessed we are. You know, we have nice homes and cars, property, vacations. We have success in our jobs. We have a good reputation. See, these are all good things. We should enjoy them. But we know there is something more powerful, a powerful truth that is being communicated to us in this Epiphany story. Therefore, we must do exactly what the Magi did. We must move and act upon that alignment of heaven and earth no matter how difficult it may be. See, we follow that alignment that was created at the time of our baptism and through subsequent sacraments have led us to Jesus Christ, who is leading all of us to eternal life. See, we can't be preoccupied with following the stories of this world about politics or power or honor or materialism or money. There is a deeper story here. And I think that's what the Magi are trying to teach us. Now, the story continues. The Magi finally get to Bethlehem, and they consult with Herod. They tell Herod that they're seeking the newborn king. Now, this is the worst news that Herod could hear. This new king is now a rival to Herod. Herod has worked tirelessly, ruthlessly to maintain his power, even to the extent of killing all of his sons who he thought was plotting against him. Well, now he hears that there is a newborn king. Well, that's a great threat to him. So what does he do? Well, we find out in the story he desperately assembles his own wise men in order to make sense of this news. And so Herod hears from his own wise men that, yes, it's true. There is a prophecy that a Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And so now Herod is getting very nervous. He meets again with the Magi, who are from another country, and yet they come searching for this new king in another country. 
Now, when you stop and think, it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The Magi should be honoring their king in their country. It would be like you and I hopping on a plane, traveling to some European country, and honoring the prime minister or the president of that country. It just doesn't make any sense. So, Herod's paranoia gets the best of him. He's now convinced the Magi are spies. So, under the pretenses of piety, and it's doing this, playing this game of piety, to trick the Magi. Herod calls the Magi back and asks them to determine the star's first appearance. Well, what is he trying to do here? Well, he's trying to get the coordinates of where the child is located. Then he says to the Magi, go to Bethlehem, find the child, such that with that information, Herod can then find the child and destroy it. Well, this is a typical political maneuver. You know, this story is as contemporary as any story in our day and age. We see this in day-to-day politics. Maybe we see it at work. But what's important is now we see how this is a story about two very different visions of life, two very different accounts about what's important and what we need to look for in life. Herod doesn't welcome that alignment of heaven and earth. If he did, it means his actions are under judgment from God. He doesn't want that. So his eyes are fixated on his position and his power. On the other hand, you have the Magi, and you, they see with spiritual eyes. Now realize, and this is important, these two visions are permanently at odds with each other which is why the Herods of this world are still around, as we all know. And they will always obstruct and persecute us as followers of Christ, always seeking to harm the Magi of this world, which is us. We, too, like the Magi, we are seekers of God. And so, you have to realize, as you seek Jesus in your life, expect opposition from the Herods of this world. Now, next in the story, it says the Magi were overjoyed at seeing the star. Well, this is the joy of God, the joy that God has made for us. It's not some petty joy that the world gives us. God gives us the abiding joy of heaven and earth in Jesus Christ's birth. What's the only proper response to this fact of God's great gift of Jesus' birth? Well, it's self-giving on our part. Herod desperately is trying to hang on to his power, while the Magi are just the opposite. Once they are in the presence of the child, they present gifts. They present to God the very best that they have. Gold, because Jesus is king. Frankincense, because Jesus is God. Myrrh, because Jesus is destined to be a sacrifice. We have to understand the best gifts are how much the giver loves the receiver. The monetary value doesn't matter. And so what should we do? Follow the deepest longing in your heart that is for Jesus Christ. Like the Magi, then you will find joy. And when you find joy, you will be a giver of gifts. And so give God the best of who you are, the best of your time and attention, 
the best of your heart and your mind, the best of your will and your intellect. Hold nothing back. One last thing. At the very end of the story, it says the Magi went back to their country in a different route. That's great. The whole spiritual life is all about that. No one gives their life to Jesus Christ and remains the same. They change and change for the better. Jesus Christ's presence in our life compels us to change, to always be a better person, to always be a faithful disciple of Christ. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.